Hi, I'm Kerry Williams, and I'm a woman on a mission to help as many women as possible uncover their passions and discover their purpose. This is the Dreamers, Setters and Go-Getters show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the third episode of the Dreamers, Setters and Go-Getters show. My name is Kerry Williams. As you heard in the thing before, I'm a woman on a mission to help as many women as possible uncover their passions and discover their purpose. As I said, we're at episode three today, and... I don't know if my voice does sound a bit dodgy to you if you've listened to the previous podcast, but I've got a hay fever. I think it is hay fever. It might be a cold, but it's a little bit gruff at the moment. Um, I'm hoping I won't get into a coughing fit like I did at work earlier. I say work. Obviously, this is like my main work. But during the school holidays um, where I live, we're quite near a load of holiday parks. And so I work in a bar um, in that area um, during the school holidays because it's a very family friendly pub. So I'm doing that um, daytimes at the moment. I'm doing that the whole of this week, Monday to Friday. And uh, I had a coughing fit in front of a customer earlier on, so that was fun. So how has your week been? Mine's been pretty good, as I said. Very, very busy. I'm going to do a lot on um, this business here, but I've obviously been working there, so I'll be getting back onto that next week. But um, took my son to go and see the Super Mario Brothers film at the weekend. Loved it. Really, really good. If you like... Super Mario Brothers, or you're a gamer, you know, it's particularly a retro gamer. So I say retro, which to me is someone who was playing games in the 80s and 90s, which I was. Um, then you will know Super Mario Brothers really well, as I do. And it was great. Really, really enjoyed it. So I'll really, really, really recommend that one, um, especially if you've got kids, because my son is nine. He doesn't like a lot of films, but absolutely loved that one. Also, on that note, cinemas. I don't know if this is all cinemas or whether it's just view cinemas, but the seats now. They are like leather reclined seats with these great big armrests and like a little tape, like tray table you can pull around to the front of you while you're watching the film. I've been to the cinema for quite a while and that was awesome. I loved that. So I think we'll be going back again, thankfully. Um, I really, really want to see the Barbie film when it comes out in July. That's the next one. Oh, and Little Mermaid, obviously, because I'm mad on the Little Mermaid. But the Barbie film looks great fun. So looking forward to that. So... This week's episode is about the science of negativity bias, why we're drawn to negative news and how to overcome it. I'm going to try and make this episode quite quick because um, I am recording this um, about 20 to 6 on the Monday, on Monday the 10th, Monday the 10th? Yes, Monday the 10th. So I've got to try and get this up quite quick. Um, So, negativity bias. So negativity bias is a psychological phenomenon in which we have a greater sensitivity and response to negative information than positive information, which is how newspapers do so well, despite this day and age, because people, for some reason, really like, well, for some reason, I'm going to get to that, like to read negative news. And if you look at a newspaper, it's pretty much all negative news. Same with the news that's being broadcast on the TV. It's very, very negative. There's and it, it starts to give us a really distorted view of the world, like the world's this really, really terrible place when it's not. It's just that for some reason, negative news sells. And anyway, this bias is believed to have evolved as a survival mechanism to help us detect and respond to potential threats in our environment, which previously would have been good if there were more potential threats in our environment. But I comfortably think in the Western world, especially if you're in a sort of low crime area, um, privilege, <laughs> then it's there aren't so many potential threats in our environment. Uh, there's more threats, I would say, coming through the computer, you know, online than there is in actual reality. Obviously, being a woman, there's threats out there to us. A lot of women find they can't actually walk out on their own daytime or nighttime without 
fear of being attacked. I personally don't have that problem in the daytime. I don't like walking on my own at night, but that's another topic for another day. So negative information has a stronger emotional impact on us than positive information, which makes it more memorable and easy to recall. Negative news tends to be more attention grabbing than positive news as it triggers our emotions and can create a sense of urgency or fear. Negative news can provide a sense of validation for our concerns and anxieties, which can be comforting in a really bizarre way. There's also an element of social comparison that plays a role in our attraction to negative news, as it can create a sense of superiority and moral high ground where we consume news about failings of others or social issues. I think I've mentioned this before. It's a bit like kind of like car crashes. When you drive past a car crash, everyone stops to stare. I think we do, again, in the Western world, we are so comfortable in our lives that we um, fear the comfort being taken away from us. And so when we see something bad happening to another person, there's a part of us that feels a little relieved it's happening to them and not us, rather depressingly. So news outlets and media companies also know that negative news drives engagement and clicks, which can lead to increased revenue and profitability. Sorry, I can't get my words out today. And thus have an incentive to prioritise negative news stories, which is why we get so many negative news stories in the news. So when we consistently consume negative news, we start to have a very skewed view of the world. We do create a a real uh, cognitive dissonance to the way that the world is. And as I said, it's really, really not that bad. You can find positive news outlets. I think there's one called the Positive News Network or there's Good News Network, something like that. And they read all the positive stories. And there are a lot of them. And as I've said before, the newspapers obviously tend to lean politically one way or the other and they'll be trying to skew your viewpoints to help their agenda so I think just being very very aware of the way that news is portrayed to us and told to us you've got to be really really aware of that because they, they're doing it deliberately to manipulate you this isn't some kind of tin hat you know conspiracy theory this is the way news, the news is so um And it just leads to us thinking that the world is a terrible place, which can lead to feelings of despair and even having existential crises. I had a major existential crisis a few years ago um, until I figured all this out that I do now and the whole life purpose, etc. Again, to another day. But yeah, this really can lead you to have an existential crisis. Told you can't speak today. Um, Because we start to think if the world is such a negative place, then what's the point in being in it? Why are we here? And I think... From a negative perspective, it is kind of pointless to be here. But if you look at it from the other spin, listen to, I think, my first episode I, I did. Um, it really is worth being on the planet and you're here for a reason. So um, another potential response could be to stop caring altogether. I think we're finding that a lot. If you just simply see the way that people treat each other on the road, for example, it's really like they just couldn't give a damn about the other people at all that they're sharing the road with. And just in general... I said, I work in a bar and it doesn't happen often, but people come up to the bar and there's a big queue and they will act like they're the first one there when they're not. And it's just like complete shameless behaviour where we people just don't care anymore. Um, because, wh- I mean, when you're exposed to too much negativity, it can be possible to start developing a more sociopathic view of the world. And I think that is definitely, definitely happening now. We are becoming more and more sociopathic. So what is negativity bias exactly? Well, negativity bias is a cognitive bias that causes us to be more affected by and attentive to negative information than positive information. It can affect our thoughts, 
by causing us to perceive situations as more negative than they actually are. And this in turn can lead us to having feelings of anxiety, stress and even depression. Negativity bias can also affect our behaviours as we are more likely to avoid risks or take defensive actions to protect ourselves from perceived threats because this negativity bias makes us believe that there are more threats out there than there are. We're led to believe that the world is a scary place due to this negativity bias and the way the news has a big negativity bias. It's not that bad, especially in the Western world. It is not that bad. They'll big up all these things that are going on and act like everybody's at danger of everything right outside their door. It's just not the case. We're not living in a war zone. Um, most things are online. We think people say things online that it's going to be a reality. It's not. Um, most people say things online because they're behind a keyboard and they know for well in the public. You know, if they actually said some of these things to a person's face, they would probably get punched. So that's the first thing to realise it's not as bad as we think. So it can lead to a skewed perception of reality as we focus more on negative events and overlook positive events or developments. Um, it's like when 99 people tell someone that they're skinny and one person says they're fat. A negativity bias will make the person believe that one person saying they're fat is the one person that's telling the truth and the other people are lying. Totally bizarre. But unfortunately, until you put in some real work on yourself, some real personal and self-development, that is going to be the case it's going to be. And it can lead to a sense of hopelessness and helplessness as we may feel overwhelmed by negative events and feel powerless to make a difference. Listen, every single person in this world can make a difference. They absolutely can. And I'm not just saying this in a kind of la-di-da way. They can. They can make a difference. Everyone can. Even if you just, if you're the one that goes into work or into school or wherever in a good mood, you're going to lift people up. You are going to make, they'll, 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 they'll admit defeat and you will make them feel better so that, you know, every day you can make a difference. But it, it, um, another factor of this is that it can also impact decision making as we may be more likely to make decisions based on fear or caution rather than taking calculated risks that could lead to positive outcomes. Um, I think it was my, my yeah my first episode about fear. Um, go back and listen to that and that will cover the whole thing of taking risks. And negativity bias can also be self-reinforcing as our attention to negative information can lead to increased anxiety and stress, which in turn reinforces our attention to negative information. Now, what are the evolutionary reasons why we develop negativity bias? Well, negativity bias is believed to have developed as a survival mechanism, like I said earlier on, to help us detect and respond to potential threats in our environment. Now, looking back at that, it would have been cases of a, I would say a bear, but actually, as I said last week in my podcast, um, from learning about stuff, when we were learning about stuff, very vague, when going to um, Kent's Cavern and um, the Stone Age Caves, bears weren't actually too much of a threat because bears were um, herbivores back then. Um, however, we used to have hyenas, big, big hyenas, and they were going to be the threat. So in those case, um, the, our ancestors needed to be constantly vigilant for danger in order to survive. So those who were more attuned to negative information had a better chance of avoiding threats and staying alive. Um, I think that works a lot, particularly for women. Now um, we have intuition and I think as much, I don't want to go onto this topic too much, but the, the more like being feminine, not feminist, feminine is played down and discouraged. The more we are crushing our natural instincts, women have stronger natural instincts than men. Our intuition is stronger than men. 
I don't know whether that's because we're the ones that have the babies. It probably is. I'll look into that for another episode. But that's a good way for us to perceive um, threats is to use our our initiative, not initiative, sorry, our, our intuition. And we don't need to constantly rely on a fear of, you know, of everything being negative to do that. And I think once you you learn, relearn how to do it, because it's deep in our DNA as women, to um, be more intuitive, you won't need to see the negative so much because you'll know if, from your intuition if there's something negative. Um, so paying attention to negative information helped our ancestors to identify potential predators, detect sign of illness or injury in themselves or others, and avoid risky or dangerous situations. This bias allowed our ancestors to react quickly and effectively to potential threats, which increased their chances of survival, obviously. Negative bias was also beneficial to social interactions, as our ancestors needed to be able to do detect and respond to potential conflicts or betrayal in their social groups in order to maintain stability and cooperation. Thankfully, our brains have developed to give more weight to... No, not thankfully, sorry. To give more weight to negative information over positive information, as this helped our ancestors to prioritise information that was most relevant to survival. So, good fun there. So the science of negative negative news. Negative news is more attention-grabbing than positive news as it triggers our emotions and creates a sense of urgency or fear. Negative news can provide a sense of validation for our concerns and anxieties, which can be comforting in a way. Social comparison also plays a role in our attraction to negative news as it can create a sense of superiority and my notes have repeated themselves awkward so negative news triggers the release of stress hormones like cortisol which can lead to feelings of anxiety stress or even ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder Negative news can also cause our brains to enter a state of hyperarousal, making it difficult to relax and disengage from negative thoughts or emotions. This is why being on social media too much is an absolute disaster. Social media works, the algorithm works, and the fact that if you watch one video on one topic, it will start showing you videos that are similar on different topics. So on the same same topic. Um, and so before you know it, you're bombarded with a load of videos saying a load of negative stuff even though you just happened to watch because you know if you something comes up that's a bit negative but something you're interested in you do tend to just continue watching it which is really strange and then it does make it difficult to relax and switch off which is why we need to really really limit our social media use um especially the short form video things like tiktok and um instagram reels youtube shorts that sort of thing so um, I'd highly recommend limiting your time on that. Exposure to excessive news can lead to a sense of helplessness and hopelessness as we feel overwhelmed by negative events and feel powerless to make a difference. Negative news can create a skewed perception of reality, as I said before, as we focus more on negative news and overlook positive events or development. Media outlets know that negative news drives engagement and clicks, which can lead to increased revenue and profitability for them you end up with mental health problems. They're making money. Negative news stories tend to be more sensational and dramatic, which makes them more appealing to the audiences. Media outlets use techniques like sens- sensationalised headlines, graphic images and emotionally charged language to increase the impact and engagement of negative news stories. Media outlets may also selectively report 
on negative news stories that are more likely to draw attention and increase engagement rather than reporting on a more balanced range of news stories. Um, something, if you are still watching the news and reading newspapers, something I'd really, really like you to do is just open your newspaper, your app, whatever, and just take a mental note of what the first 10 headlines are and go through each one of them, identify how they make you feel and whether your life has been benefited in any way or changed in any way from re- positively from reading the article. Has it affected your life in the slightest? Have you just heard about somebody dying from drowning or something in somewhere miles away from you that, you know, it just wouldn't happen to you and now you feel depressed because someone's lost a family member? Because that's how it works. And it's going to make you really, really depressed. So I highly, highly recommend testing that and seeing if my theory is true. Which on that note, the negative effects of excessive news consumption, negative news consumption are that it um, triggers the brain's stress response releasing cortisol. Prolonged exposure to cortisol can have negative effects on the brain. And negative news can make people feel overwhelmed and helpless, leading to anxiety and hopelessness. It affects our behaviour by makes us more sensitive to negative information and experiences than positive ones. So almost like like a drug, because the cortisol, it actually, you go out searching for negative news articles and things like that, because your body gives you a more positive association to it than it does a positive article, bizarrely. And it can really, really lead you to have a really pessimistic outlook on life. And it can make it harder to form positive relationships and engage in activities that promote well-being. It can also lead to avoidance of positive experience and risk-taking. So how does negativity bias affect our perception of reality? Um, It can make us believe that the world is more dangerous and negative than it actually is, which I've mentioned previously in this, and can lead to a sense of hopelessness and a belief that nothing can be done to make the world a better place. And finally, it can lead to a cycle of negative thinking, reinforcing our negative perceptions of the world. So what can you do to overcome your negativity bias? Well, first of all, you need to train your brain to focus on the positive. Um, Basically, you can do this through neuroplasticity, which is where the brain can be rewired by changing our thought patterns. So when you're in a habit of thinking a certain way, you read a news article and you you, you sit like it says, oh, um, crime uh, uh, muggings have gone up in London. You can, this is a, I don't know if they have, I'm just going with an example here. Muggings have gone up in in, in London city centre or, you know, Los Angeles or somewhere like that. And you think, oh my God, it's going to go up everywhere. You don't live anywhere near London or LA or wherever the city was. And, um, oh my God, it's really dangerous to go outside. I'm going to get mugged. This is where deliberately changing your thought patterns works. You look at it and you go, right. They that is no. They live nowhere near me, so I live nowhere near them. I should say, the likelihood of that happening to me is very, very low, and so everything is fine. Everything's fine. I'm safe. I'm good. That sort of thing. You need to to start to think things like that. And um, positive thinking can strengthen positive neural pathways in our brain. So if you consistently think more positively, it will strengthen the the the, the neural pathways that um, create positivity in the brain. And the consistent practice is key because it will create a new habit of this. Now, as I said earlier, I used to be very, very negative on things. This is something I did to really rewire my brain, my brain, my brain. (laughs) So uh, another some techniques for managing negativity bias. Gratitude. 
intentionally focusing on what you were grateful for. So it's always a good way to um, just take like five minutes before you go to bed to write down three to five things that, you, that have happened that day that you are grateful for or three to five things in your life that you are grateful for because you will have them. So making sure you actively are grateful for the things you have in your life really, really helps. Positive affirmations, which is intentionally repeating positive statements to ourselves, is another way of doing it. So um, I think it's Louise Hay, which had a good was, was um, all is well and I am safe. Saying to yourself over and over again, all is well and I am safe. All is well and I am safe. Keep doing that. Look yourself in the mirror and say that back to yourself. Not necessarily that one. You can find an affirmation that is maybe better, one that suits you more than that. But affirmations are fantastic. Mindfulness, intentionally focusing on the present moment without judgment. Rather than thinking of what may happen to you when you go outside the house, causing you panic, focus on right now. Right now, in this moment, are you a threat? No, you're not. Well, it's unlikely you're listening to this podcast and are a threat. So I'm going to say right now, you are not a threat. Cognitive restructuring, which is intentionally challenging negative thoughts and replacing them with positive ones, like I mentioned before. And that's a really, really good way of doing that. And finally, acts of kindness, intentionally performing acts of kindness for others. If you are putting kindness out into the world, there's more kindness in the world. Logical, obviously. But the more you do that, other people will see that, see you're happy. You're making other people happy. And, you know, they'll pay it forward. They'll be better to other people. So, so how do you balance negative news consumption with positive news and experiences? Well, limiting exposure to negative news and seeking out positive news sources is a good way of that. As I said, if you look up positive news sites in Google or whichever search engine you lose, use, you'll find them. They definitely have them. Stop watching the news and reading newspapers full stop. I stopped that years and years ago and I haven't missed out on a really important news story. Because if there's a really, really important one, you're going to hear about it. It's going to be on social media. Your work colleagues are going to be talking about it. Your family are going to be talking about it. People will talk about it if it's something that actually is relevant to you and actually affects your life. So you're not going to miss anything, I promise you. People say things to you like, oh, didn't you know this thing had happened? And it, it, we have no relevance to your life to know it happened. They were quite surprised that you didn't. You're not being ignorant. You're taking care of your mental health. There are, as I've said, 8 billion people in the world, over 8 billion people in the world. You do not need to know the entire world's problems. If you're in America, I think it's 350 million people in America, um, just under 70 million people in the UK. I'm afraid off the top of my head, I don't know other countries. Um, basically, there's a lot of people and one person cannot handle the problems of millions or billions and you need to take care of yourself otherwise you will end up a depressed wreck like I was so um engaging in activities that promote positive emotions such as exercise or spending time with loved ones yes I'm not a big exercise person but I started doing yoga and that makes me feel a lot better in the morning but spending time with my loved ones um makes me feel so much better unless you know they start talking about news articles you gotta avoid news articles by the way people start talking about them um occasionally you just have to try and you know block it out as best you can so focusing on personal growth and self-care such as learning a new skill or uh engaging in a new hobby i think that kind of covers what i said earlier about your personal growth and self-care um your personal development work on that there's something you're really interested in look it up and sorry excuse me my throat's having a bit of a moment um Look it up and start learning more about it. Go on YouTube, 
find an online course. I used the um, Centre of Excellence and they did do courses for about £29 each. I'm not sure what it would be in other countries, but in the UK, I love them. Twenty, You can put in an offer code, it'll be £29. And um, change, it entirely changed me as a person. It's amazing. And then finally, overall, these strategies can help individuals overcome negativity bias by intentionally focusing on the positive, managing negative thoughts and balancing negative news consumption with positive experiences. So that's the end of this episode. I'm hoping it didn't go on for too long. I do tend to blabber, so sorry about that. But um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I really hope that you you took a lot from this and will at least limit your access to uh, newspapers and um, the news on TV, because believe me, you won't miss anything and your life will be so much better. Anyway, I'll be back next Monday. I hope you have an amazing week and I will see you then. Take care.